Welcome to Untitled by Definition. I'm your host, Destiny Taylor. Each week, I'll be discussing my life journey and where I am today. Sometimes I'll invite some friends or family on with a little chit chat as we explore the hilarious, inspiring, and pitfalls of life. Welcome to Untitled by Definition with your host, Destiny. I've been talking a lot about culture shock on Instagram, and just about a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of having dinner with eight other women from Louisiana that gave me a slight cure. I organized a dinner with a friend because her mom was traveling to London for a holiday. It was just what I needed. While sitting and ordering my drink, I was asked, why do I move around so much? Before I can answer, one of the ladies looked me in the eye and said, you're just a free spirit. I went ahead and agreed because I think my answer would have been a little more complicated. As we all settled in, I thought to myself, I was evicted out of each city. This isn't meant to be funny because I actually went through an eviction in Koreatown. So if you haven't guessed it yet, the title of this episode is called Eviction. So like I said, I did have an eviction in LA. It's not on my record, but the process was horrible. I thought to myself, how could I, like me, go through something like this? This happened after being in Los Angeles for a couple years, and I noticed I was getting little rodents in my apartment. I don't think they call roaches rodents, but anyway, I was having roaches. And I've seen roaches do things that I've never seen roaches do in my life, like mate and have babies. I saw little clear roaches, and I was so grossed out. And I was living in Koreatown, And I just thought to myself, I wanted to stay in this apartment as long as I could because the rent was super cheap. I was paying like a good thousand dollars and the guy across from me was paying almost fifteen hundred dollars. And his apartment was the same size as mine. So I actually went to the L.A. Tenants Union. And if you have problems like with your landlord, I advise you to actually get connected with the L.A. Tenants Union because they actually schooled me on my rights as a tenant. So when I decided that roaches don't pay rent, I don't pay rent. So I was constantly late on my rent. And at this time, I was actually month to month on my lease. So if I stayed that month, then I would go ahead and pay for the month that I already stayed. But the landlord, of course, didn't like it. We argued almost every first of the month in front of the building. And I was I was strong. I said, no, unless you come upstairs and spray my apartment, I'm not paying rent on time. I remember one maintenance guy actually coming up with a can of Raid. And I was like, what the? I can do this. Raid? Raid doesn't do anything. Like, you need to get an exterminator out here. But one of the reasons why I figured out that they wouldn't actually spray my apartment is because they were trying to force me to leave. Gentrification is 
mad real. There was so many people in this building that lived there for over 20 years, raised their kids in these studio apartments. A lot of them didn't speak English. So when I contacted the LA Tenants Union, they sent someone who's bilingual out and he spoke to everyone in the building. And most people's rent was being raised just because they had to get a quick fix on a sink or a bathroom or the drywall. They was raising these people's rent for nothing. And it wasn't even legal. They only took advantage of these people because they didn't speak English. And also they probably were not citizens. So a lot of people from that building actually went to a lot of the meetings from LA Tenants Union and we all got together and I mean I'm already like in my stance like <laughs> I'm not paying rent it's just not gonna happen they wanted to force me out so that they can raise the rent okay do your thing but until that happens I have to find a new place. And of course, I didn't want to stay in a place that was full of roaches. It was hard to actually find one that was within my budget. But when I did find one, it was in downtown L.A. And I just basically for the first couple months, I like kept what I saved from not paying rent in Koreatown. I was able to pay a deposit, able to pay the first few months and Everything, once we got to court, it was just easy. It was like slicing cake. It was easy, okay? Everyone knew that they had all these complaints in this building. So that was my, that's my story about getting evicted. The process was horrible. I mean, I was just in a state of shock, like, why is this happening? And I don't want anything like this to go on my record, especially on my credit report. You don't want an eviction on there. So, yeah, thinking of all the things that man could do to control my mind and my life, especially my credit report. So that was one of the things that kind of just like put me like in a lot of stress. I was not at ease at all until I got to the court and they was just like, yo, you're good. (laughs) You're good. You don't have to pay whatever it is that you haven't paid, but you're not going to get your deposit back. I don't even care because I just saved four months. You see that? Okay. So anyway, so like I said, you know, moving from city to city, it was not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, A lot of people do it with a plan. I never really have been that one in the past decade to actually honor a plan I can't like it's weird for me the only thing that I can actually say that took place that I actually planned and it was at one with God was this move to London because on my flight here I said you know what God if it wasn't meant for me to be here if all these things were not meant for me to do I know that you would not have let it happen there's so many things that I wanted to do so many plans that I had with friends that just didn't go through and I just thought to myself man something has to give. I want to go ahead and be that person to follow through, but I can't follow through on other people's plan, even when the plan is my own and it's not what God wants for me. So when I moved to New York, I had 
just got fired from my dental position in Arizona, went back home to Texas for a good six, seven months. Then I moved to New York. And if you may have heard this story like in the first few episodes, and if you haven't, please go back to them because I think that they're just inspirational and motivating for anyone who feels like they don't have enough, they don't have what they need, and they're not enough. You are. You just need to go with God. That's all that it is. So even when I was in Texas, I tried to get a job, you know, just something real quick and easy like Macy's. And I went to an interview and they wouldn't hire me, but they hired this woman whose hair was greasy, smelled like cigarettes and tattoos everywhere. And I just thought to myself, okay, why wouldn't they hire me? I have all the experience that I need to get a job at Macy's. And my aunt said to me, maybe you're overqualified. I didn't see that rejection as a blessing then. And now I constantly see that anything that is formed against me is actually something that's going to push me forward. Further, And it's going to make me more grateful and gracious that that rejection actually happened. So when I did go to New York, I went with like $3,000. I told one of my friends in Texas that I was going to move. And he said, live with this girl who was his girlfriend. You might have heard this story on the first podcast episode, but, you know, I'm just going to start from there. This girl, you know, she was cool. We stayed together for a good, like, two and a half, and then the whole process of gentrification started to happen. I think this was, like, 2012, and I was living in a very old building. There were a lot of old black people that lived in this building, and we were the youngest So when the landlord actually sold the building to um, a couple Jewish guys, they offered everyone money to move out like within a month. And she's the only one who took the money. So that means that I had to leave because I wasn't on this lease. Although I was paying her rent, I had to leave. And it was so hard trying to find a place in New York. I mean, you have to have three times the rent. You have to have security deposit. You have to have deposit you gotta have broker's fees (laughs) three times the rent just to move in and to find something like so fast and it was it was impossible for me so I couldn't do it it was just I couldn't do it I ended up and I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna just tell you the truth (laughs) I ended up moving in with someone that I met online and we hung out for like a good month or two before that happened. And he said, you know, let me be let me be your last resort. So I let him be my last resort. And I ended up staying with him for like two weeks. Then like couch hopping. And um, finally, I thought I found a place with a friend and like her mother. But that was short lived. I think that lasted for like three days. And then I just was like, this was in the middle of winter. It was like after Thanksgiving, before Christmas. I was just like, I know who I am. I cannot be going through this in New York City in the middle of winter. I've had so many things in my life. I know who I am. I know my power. I have to move on. So I was taking the train from upstate Bronx to uh, Soho to go to work. And I just said, I'm moving to L.A. The thought to move to L.A. just hit me. And it felt so right. It felt so real. And when I got to work, I talked to the manager, said, I don't have a place to live. 
I have to leave and I think I'm going to leave at the end of the week. And she said, no, what we're going to do is transfer your job. So her best friend was the regional manager of this same company that I worked for in Soho, which was amazing. And God is so good because that transfer happened within one hour. She knew me. She knew my work. So she just went ahead and got the transfer through also with the regional in New York. They both were just so respectful and uplifting that I'm just very grateful that it happened that quick, especially in that moment. And she said to me, I know you don't have enough money, so stay with me for the next month and save your money, then leave. So that's exactly what I did. And oh my gosh, like very grateful for the people who have helped me along the way. But it's just like sleeping on this couch and not really comfortable with the position that you're in because you know there's better, you know, but you know that you have to go through this process in order to get to the other side. So I'm very grateful for everyone who helped me along in that process, but it was so painful, so painful. So after I left her place in New York, I flew to California. I stayed with a friend for a few months. I went to work every day. I was looking for an apartment. Finally got that apartment in Koreatown, in a, in Koreatown, Los Angeles. And everything for me just felt good. I didn't have anything but an air mattress and a pillow. <laughs> and that just felt amazing to know that I can afford this rent. I was transferred to L.A. with a job and... There I was. There I was. So in in Los Angeles, it's my home. Um, I've built my community there. I have so many friends that I cherish there. So it's not a place that I can stay away from for too long. I know that after I do leave London, that that is where I will settle. Um, I'm still kind of in debate about it between Austin and L.A., but... Right now, I think L.A. is the way to go for me again. <laughs> um, but I spent the past like five years in Los Angeles and it's just been the greatest thing for me. Building my community, meeting so many different people. It's really tough to actually um, meet people in New York. Everyone is just so on the move. And when I moved to Los Angeles... Everyone just sat down and they were so comforting and they was just like, let's have a drink. Let's go out. Let's have lunch. You know, even stylists. I would I worked at a retail shop. So a lot of the stylists that I worked with at this retail store, I said, I know you. I remember you from New York. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember your face, too. But we didn't have time to talk. And you know what kind of city New York is. So. We're just sitting there and we're having this conversation and we're getting to know each other. And that's really why I love Los Angeles, because it's actually it's a slower pace in New York City. Um, you can just really get into people. You can find new things to do. And there's always something free hiking the beach. It's just an amazing city. So um, that doesn't mean that you should move there because right now it's crowded and I need there to be more space <laughs> when I get there. When I get back. So anyway, when I decided to leave L.A., it wasn't something that I planned either. I was just fasting. And during this fast, it was so crazy how pieces just started falling apart. 
everything just started falling apart. But at the same time, there was new pieces coming together. So even the guy I was talking to, like during this fast, I was like, oh, every time I talk to you, my stomach is hurting. I don't know what it is, but I know something isn't right. And even though like in the middle of that, I just felt like betrayed. And also that betrayal, it elevated me to another level. Because that's how I got to Italy. And even being in Italy, it was like I found this confidence about myself. Like being alone there and going from casting to casting, even though I never got casted, I got home and I was just super excited that I went to all of them. It was just navigating the city by myself, which was amazing. And I never thought like thinking back when I was like 10 years old and listening and like looking at old pictures, I just look at myself then and I'm like, girl, you're here. You made it. You're here. Look at this healing process that you're going through with all the trauma that you've experienced. I can see it in your eyes, in this picture that you're hurt, but look at us now. (laughs) And for me to look back like that, I, I just, I laugh at it, but it's like, it's so warming and it's so good and it's so comforting and it's it's so sheltered and it's it's everything that I wish that I had when I was 10 years old and I'm so blessed to be able to have it within myself at 34. Most people don't have that experience. They're not allowing themselves to go through that process of healing, of breaking down, of letting loose to get to that place of of warmth and growth and and grace. And it's just it's an amazing process. It hurts. Oh my gosh, I know it hurts, but it's one that you definitely have to go through. So yeah, I would say, yeah, I was evicted out of New York, that's for sure. But when I moved to L.A., it was like, you know, it was such a great place. But leaving there, I I don't know if eviction is the right word, but I still want to use it because it wasn't planned. I didn't plan it. But when everything just started happening, when it was time for me to pack my apartment, I sold everything to one lady. I didn't have to go from one appointment to the next with different people. It was one lady who came. She wanted the bed and the couch. Okay, great. She called me back. She said, my daughter loved everything in your apartment and she thinks that I should buy everything. Good girl. I'm going to throw in the Apple TV for free. Come get it. That was a sign for me. When I packed up my little smart car, it was it was a Chevy Spark. And if you look up a picture of that car, it looks like a little smart car, but it's a four-door. I sold everything. I gave my plants away. I packed up everything that I wanted to keep. I put my dog in that car, and we drove from California to Texas. <laughs> I dropped her off. We stayed together for a couple months before I made that move to Italy. Then experiencing all that rejection in Italy left me to go to London. Said, let me try one of the greatest cities in the world where they speak English, where I know that there's a, a black community there and we are marketed there. So let me try this place. So here I am. I'm in London. Um I'm not too sure how I feel about living here forever. I mean, I take this place day to day. It's so big and 
it's more of like if you want to go out and do anything, you have to go central, especially when you don't know anyone and you want to do the galleries and the museums, which I've already done. So I'm really trying to like get in with my community, get more into Clapton and Hackney and kind of like feel my way around. And yeah, I'm trying to meet people, but of course, as a tourist, I cannot work here. And I'm not really pursuing modeling right now. I just don't feel like being picked apart at 34. Like, I like my body. I like my hips and my butt. So we're just going to leave it alone for now. <laughs> so this episode, like I said, was titled Eviction. It probably sounded like it was all over the place. But if there's anything that God is trying to take out of your life, let it go. Don't hold on to it. If there's a place that he wants you to leave, go ahead and pack up your things and go. I mean, we have so many things like Facebook Marketplace, which is what I put all of my listings for my apartment. And that's how the lady contacted me and I sold it all to her. But if everything is on one accord with God, it will be easy for you to go ahead and make that transition. My transition from New York to L.A., it was hard, yes, but I I went there with a job. I went there with the connection to the job in L.A., and I thank God for that. Also, going from L.A. to Milan, I had that connection there, and I went there alone after that connection huh, fell to the wayside, but... <laughs> I went there and I had I was on a mission. I wanted to actually know if I could make it as a model. It was something that I've always wanted to do. So why not try? I have all this confidence in the world. Why not try? I tried. I got signed to an agency. I don't feel like it's something that I want to do right now. I really love to just focus on this podcast and try to figure out this whole social media thing and then see what I can get in after that. I'm not really into doing fashion and runway. My body is not an H. It is not straight up and down. And that's the way that I like it. And I want to keep it like that. If I fast and when I work out, I do it for me. I don't do it for anyone else. Fasting is spiritual for me. Working out is something that helps me with my emotions and also with my mental state. If I have to do it just to please somebody else, to make me look like I'm fit and ripped and all this stuff, and it's something that you like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I think it transforming your body is an added bonus, but you have to go in there with the want and the need to actually change. It starts in your mind first. So I focus, I focus on that first. I spoke, I focus on my spirit and my, my mental uh, stability first. So yeah, eviction is the title of this podcast. I don't know if I should change it, but I'm going to keep it as that. And right now we're in London and hopefully I don't get evicted from this place. I think I am right where I'm supposed to be at this point in my life. And when you catch me in the United States again, holla at me. (laughs) I hope you're inspired. For more Untitled by Definition extras, follow Untitled by Definition on Instagram and join the community by using the hashtag Untitled by Definition. We're here to challenge the norm and break generational curses. Also, follow me at Des Untitled, and I'll be forever grateful if you like, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts.